questions are these. How are producers like you, who did not get hand-selected as a new all-star on an established record label, able to get music into the hands of true fans while taking your career to the next level? How are we able to take our tracks and projects we believe in out into the world for pay and still stay true to our creative vision? These are the questions and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Kay Brown and this is You're With The DJ, co-hosted by Nikki Berry. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of You're With The DJ. Today, Brad and Nikki chat with Gop on live streaming, social media during quarantine, what to take when you're touring, and more. Let's go ahead and dive in to the next part of our interview with Gop. Hey, do you want to talk about live streaming? Because that kind of goes off that you've been live streaming. Um, you did the production course with the IO Academy over live stream too. It, how is that different from like? Is it weird doing that after? Being yeah, mature? yeah. It was <laughs> well. There were every every yeah every live stream um, is different. Um, I've been doing the production live streaming, the DJ live streaming. Um, some on different platforms where they've got like a lot of viewers, some where they've only got one or two. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been really interesting. Like when I did the IO Academy, we had like 50 people sign up. So for five days, two hours a day, I was chatting to 50 people and, uh, they were sort of just looking at me like I was a fish in a fish tank. And, uh, I was kind of like, that was new experience for me because I was, I'm so used to teaching one-to-one or small groups where when you ask someone a question, you sort of say, you know, do you use this plugin or what, you know, how would you do this? People sort of say yes or nod or agree. But when you've got 50 people, it's hard. You can't really say, you don't, you don't get any feedback. So you just have to roll with what you're doing. And as the course went on over the five days, it was, you know, I, I tried to tailor it to the questions people were asking at the end or um, other things, you know, people wanted to me uh, to explain more about. So yeah, that was that was really interesting. It was it was good, and it put me out my comfort zone. Um, so it was <laughs> yeah. The, when I first started out, it was quite um, nerve wracking because you know again just like right, you know all I could hear was my own voice for two hours. <laughs> That's all I'd hear, and it was uh, you know it's uh, it's bad enough for five minutes. Never mind two hours. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, and the, then the DJ side of the streaming—that's that was really interesting. You know, it was it was nice to sort of get my teeth into. That's a new thing. I was all I was like, oh right, I've got you know, it's perfect opportunity to to use the Denon CD players, which the the they gave me about a year ago, and I've never plugged in. So, <laughs> so I, I, I yeah got those out, and I got a camera, and it, yeah, that was really fun because you know, there's some people you you don't hardly see often, and you get dialogues with those guys and yeah you know keeping in touch with people on that um it was it, it is very different it, it's different to djing in a club or um for for many reasons um but yeah i enjoyed it it's all it, it has actually has it's had a positive effect as well you know yeah yeah it's been i don't i'm i have a love-hate relationship with it because on one hand it's really nice to have something to watch and listen to that's new you know but it, it's also depressing that I should be doing it with my friends. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. I think people need it. So something we were talking about last time, uh, all when we were together, was uh, 
social media. So I know we were talking about like live streaming and how that's changed. How has social mm-hmm. media changed for you with the quarantine? I know that was mm-hmm. something that me and you were talking about last time we were together and how it's become a, a, a big part of what, you know, being a, a yeah. touring artist is. So with, with the quarantine, how do you feel social media is starting to, to change or, or what are you doing to adapt to the times? Yeah, I've, I'm just being really mindful of what I'm posting at the moment, because like I mentioned, I've, I've sort of, I've, you know, I've refurbished my studio and uh, a few other things. It's, and it's like, um, I, I would, you know, there's been a lot of people affected by things recently with the, the whole virus and the economy and everyone's well-being. So it's very, you know, it's very difficult because um, you see a lot of artists that used to, uh, just used to post all the positive things up, you know, and all the th- sort of, you know, mm. the things that were the, that were really like everyone else, like a dream about. And that's kind yeah. of like, uh, you know, it's like the, the private whole, jet pictures um, sort of instant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just, uh, just things that you know. It's almost like, look how well I'm doing. Look what I've got. Materialistic things, or look what you know. Mm-hmm. And and even you know, even um, as, as an artist myself, um, it's you know, you'd never post up saying, oh, there was only fifty people turned up last night, and you know, you'd post up saying, oh, I had a great time in this city with these great people because you did, but you would never just, you know, post a picture of an empty dance floor. Well, I probably would. But then again, you have to be professional to the promoter in the venue, yeah. so you can't do that. So it's it's like, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I must I must say my, my pictures of um, my Instagram pictures and my social posts have gone down a little, but there's still, I've still posting the, the same old stuff, you know, the things that mean a lot to me, like my chili plants, they're starting to, they're starting to grow again. Um, but yeah, just, just things that either make people laugh and it's, you know, it's a as a positive knock on effect. Um, I think it's, there's, there is, you know, there is that, but as for, you know, taking a picture of like my Starbucks coffee when they spelt gop wrong on the side. It's uh, obviously those, those things aren't, aren't in the, on the, the, the feed anymore, but, but yeah, Aww. it's just, it's just a time to, re, you know, to reflect about us being humans as well, you know, cause mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure it's, you know, the same around the world as uh, lots of different things. And, um, and one thing I always try and swerve is like getting in debates or sort of any com- a conflict of, uh, of opinions because I just feel like sometimes it's just not worth the time, you know. You mean all you of know? Twitter right now? It's like uh, every just, time I'm like, are you kidding? Like, what's yeah. going on today? <laughs> if you, if anyone ever asks me about politics, uh, I'm the worst person to ask because yeah. I never follow anything. And I, I kind of, my dad calls me naive because I keep my head in the sand. But I like, I only found out our prime, who our prime minister was, uh, this this prime minister. But the last, the one before, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> So, well, I spent a lot of the time out of the country, so yeah, was, uh, yeah, that's yeah. So I, I just keep focused on what I'm doing, and you know, people that mean mean think mean a lot to me. Or I try and th- I try and just keep people informed on you know the music first and foremost. Really, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's only the fans that have made the other things like the beans and <laughs> every <laughs> everything else that a, a little bit of a different. Um, sort of uh avenue but that 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 has you know that's really uh that, they're just tongue-in-cheek sort of stuff so yeah definitely um so we usually ask what advice you'd give musicians who are early on in their career but you are like a pretty big touring artist so do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what's important when you're on tour what you bring with you stuff like that um yeah i, I think um 
as a as a touring artist, um, there's there's quite. I've been actually writing quite a few tips down on there. Mm. Uh, things you can do when you do get to a point where you you spend a lot of time on planes or you go to different cities and you um there's there's a few like little things that really make a, a huge difference like a uh, thing a thing I always take with me is what I used to wear earrings when I was younger like well earring an earring uh, and <laughs> There's, I always take an earring with me, right? And I haven't worn this since I was like 17. Um, and I used to, you know, be a bad boy and drive around in my car and stuff. And uh, But the reason I take this with me is because when I land in a, another foreign country, when I get there, the I get off the plane and sometimes my phone doesn't work. So I have to take my SIM card out. So what I do is I take, take the earring and put, push it in. And then because sometimes you have to take the SIM card out to put it back in for it to restart. And I've been I've done it before where I've got somewhere and and my, my SIM card's not worked and then I can't get hold of the promoter and and they can't get hold of me and things like that. And so that's that's quite a big thing. Uh, another another useful but uh, maybe not so useful, but I always get an aisle seat on an on an aeroplane. Yes. I always get yeah. yes. yes. I'll see gang. Right. So you, you, what what you do is if 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 a plane's got three in the center or four, you get you get um one of the aisle seats in the center because then that way if you're asleep they can still get out the other side. Mm-hmm. So oh. and also also if you get it right at the back of the plane where the toilets are, then you can recline your seat behind you and there's no one behind you. So you can do that. But this is a super tip, gop super tip, right? If you go to sleep, put your foot out in the aisle, and then when the food trolley yes! comes down, it knocks your foot. <gasps> yeah, and then you're like, ah, that's that's, and then you're like, it wakes you up, and you're like, ooh, yes, pretzels. It's like it's like Stuart, the flight attendants all know to pass you when you're sleeping. I feel like they they love sleeping people because then they know they get to just skip them. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like I've. Yeah, I'm yet to see them lift the trolley over my foot. No. So. Look, I have an eye mask that says wake me for snacks. So I'll send you one so you don't have to get your foot run over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Easy. While while we're on the subject of touring, do you have any uh, interesting or embarrassing stories to share? Maybe of... uh, Of, of, of getting to a show or, or or something that transpired on the way to a show? Um, actually, when I, I saw um, I saw Nikki last time in... Uh, I was playing in uh, Washington, D.C. at U-Haul. Um, oh, is it U-Music? U-Haul, or, yeah. U-Haul, yeah. Yeah, U-Street Music Hall. And uh, yeah, I flew into Baltimore. So <laughs> I decided to take my, my own... My, my agent was like, oh... Um, are you going to sort this leg of the flights out? Just tell us which ones you want to do. And I just went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't look properly. And I just I just went, no, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to go to Baltimore. So I flew to Baltimore and landed there instead of going to uh, Washington. Washington. <laughs> so I went there. That was... <laughs> How long was the drive? <laughs> About an hour. Like an hour. So, yeah. oh, but you had and no then, idea. <laughs> no, and the, the guys were like, right, we're at the airport. Where are you? And I'm like, yeah, Baltimore airport. <laughs> so... That was um, that was embarrassing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, there's there's so many things, uh, so many different you know um, stories and uh, different moments and experiences. But one thing, going back to the um, the advice about giving um, to young people is 
One thing I would I would always try and do is be, I know everyone says this already, but always just be, you know, be a, a decent person to everyone. And uh, because as you, you know, as you go through your career, my career only shaped after 10, 15 years of doing it. It didn't, the first 10 years, it was just like trial and error, you know, doing, making mistakes and not getting anywhere. But then after a while, I found out, you know, um, I'll, I'll be talking to someone, I'll say, oh, what are you doing nowadays? And it's like, oh, I run Printworks in London. And I'm like, what? It was like, yeah, I run it. I own it. And I'm wow. like, what? I was like, I, do you remember when we used to hang out 15 years ago? <laughs> because you're in the same small circles. One yeah. always, you know, always be nice to the guys collecting glasses or the guys doing the lights or the sound or because they're the guys that go on to do other things. And, you know, and then next thing you know, it's like they're running festivals and you've mm -hmm. known them 10 years from when you were doing that little bar playing um, open format DJing and stuff, you know, to, to like... Um, you know stuff you didn't want to do and that's what I learned you know it's it, it's just building those uh, relationships over time you know a lot of artists when they re uh, develop the sound and they, they become you know another different sound they go or they might go away for a few years and then they come back again and it's like oh do you remember when we used to do this and it's like you know so all these artists now I'm like oh I remember when they were their first time around under different aliases so it does I, I would say you know just always you know be mindful of like the the future, it's um, it's a long game rather than just being like an overnight success. Yeah, I think people overlook that being, a lot in this industry. Humble. Yeah, people can get very elitist very yeah. quickly. <laughs> uh, what's some but advice would... that you have uh, for whether it's, I guess, we'll start with DJs particularly, um, essential backpack items going to shows? Right, essential backpack items would have to be... Um, this sounds really crazy because you get a rider, but always take like always take bottles of water with you mm. because the, yeah you get somewhere and there's like a full case of rider water and then the the night's round you'll be DJing you'll turn around and it'll all be gone <laughs> and you're like uh, so yeah I mean that's that's obvious you know anyone, anyone take but you wouldn't think that because you think oh I can easily get water but sometimes you just can't you know you can't get through the crowd while you're DJing or anything mm. it's uh, but there's yeah there's that um take earplugs earplugs are a massive thing man that's something that like um i wish i'd have done when i was younger but <laughs> when i was younger i just used to you know i used to just get drunk and play rubbish music to um <laughs> drunk people in uh, uh this really like sketchy bar and i used to put the, the volume of the monitor really loud and i think i did uh some damage early on because it doesn't matter if you you know you've been DJing a year or if you've done it like 20 years if you if you damage your hearing once you know with through a really high pressure you can uh it just does it for forever so huge um, yeah I always get you know and there's some great deals um and as well if you if, if people haven't tried earplugs if they're listening and just just get some earplugs you can get them for like ten dollars or mm -hmm. just some just you know or just get some and try it in the club because you'll actually hear it be, be able to hear each other speak a lot clearer because your eardrums aren't getting blasted with a lot of the top end exactly. because yeah unfortunately you know like not all sound systems are set up correctly so you know and it is people do like it loud and 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 there's there's a lot of places but you know i don't mean to sound like uh, an old fart saying this <laughs> by go you know you should you should wear earplugs no it's it, solid it's advice true. Um, yeah. I, I actually went to an ear doctor last year, so I've been I've been DJing. It'll be twelve years in October for me, and I, I have a small form of tinnitus. 
So to yeah. all the aspiring DJs or veteran DJs and producers out there, protect your ears. Uh, I can't hear, I believe, the, the 2K frequency. Wow. That, right. that doesn't register to my to my right ear. So. Yeah, mine's yeah, mine's 4K, my left ear. So, but that's yeah. And we're not talking about the foam earplugs. If you guys are yeah. thinking about like at CBS or or no. to our Canadian <laughs> listeners, Shoppers Drug Mart, uh, not not the foam earplugs, uh, not the ones that they give away for free at the festivals. Um, <laughs> but I really I think recognized brand is earpiece, and mm-hmm. those are the ones you're talking about. They're about like fifteen dollars. They come with three of them, so if you lose one, there's an extra one, and and they come with different filters, right? So whether yeah. you're in a club or if you're at a concert, uh, you can change it. And a lot of people, yeah, they're always very discouraged, but you know. I promise once you once you wear them the first time and you leave a festival and you take them out and there's no ringing, you'll never go back. Seriously. Yeah, yeah that's Seriously. it. It's, uh, and also uh, a tip if you don't wear earplugs, and, uh, put, just put your finger in your ear if someone's going to talk to you in a club because I've, I know a few friends that have lost uh, hearing by someone screaming in their ears. Oh, wow. Um, oh. It's only been a select few, but yeah, they've really like, they're, they're like sort of 50% uh, like deaf because of it. Because, you know, when, when people are drunk or intoxicated, <laughs> they'll still scream. And, you know, which you can't help because the music's so loud, you want to be louder. So, it's, you know, it's not their fault, but at the same time, you know, so shove your finger in your ear until you realize that, that person's not screaming. And then, you know, especially when you DJ and you get requests. So that's oh. what I always used to do. It's yeah. like, um, you know, oh, when, they're, when they're shouting at you over the DJ booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but oh yeah. my god! I think we've all been victim to the to the drunk friend that's leaned over and just yelled something in your ear way too loud, and yeah, yeah. you feel that one. Um, let's go back to I guess to back to advice and essentials. We'll move maybe to producers. Um, what are some things that you find to be essential in the studio? And not necessarily like you know analog equipment, but when you were first starting out, like you know, or what's something that you would recommend for someone that's especially with the quarantine, just getting into production or taking maybe their production to the next level. You know, what are some yeah. you know easy pieces of equipment you you think producers should get early on? Do you know what one one bit of uh, advice you've probably read it a few times, but it's really boring advice to read. But just way uh, most audio interfaces have a, a volume on them, and just try and work out like a, a volume that you're happy listening to a lot of tracks at not too loud not too quiet around probably around 70 to 85 db if you've got a decibel meter but it's really important because what happens is your hearing gets used to how the music should sound at that level and it'll it'll be like that for a, a while because and then when you produce you'll know how loud things should sound because but if you're if you're up and down with the volume all the time you're turning it up thinking oh that sounds amazing the day, guaranteed the day after it won't sound as good and your ears fatigue so one thing i've only just started doing in the last sort of five ten years is keeping the volume at that one point where i know that it's you you, you like the way that the acoustics and everything in your studio get you, you'll know how things sound and what's jumping out and what's not, and then you won't hear the room either so if you turn it up too loud you'll start hearing the room as well if it's not treated right so one thing i'd always say is just keep your keep your volume you know on that that number whatever you use and try and get used to that all the time it's you know that's that's probably one of the most important things that i've learned and it's took, taken me a lot i wish i'd have done that when i was younger i just used to think louder was better so um there's that and then i, I guess think when we all start out everyone thinks louder is better yeah yeah it's uh but yeah quality is better i guess um but yeah, and then uh, studio-wise, I think um, like for for production, I would just I would just learn your door. You, you know, if you use live um, Bitwig, Logic, 
uh, Cubase, Studio One, whatever you use, uh, Fruity Loops, FL, you, whatever you use, just just learn that because there's too many people like learn. Oh, I've got this new plugin. Oh, I've got this new plugin. I've got this. Oh, I've got you know this bit of kit. I've got that. And after a while, you'll just end up with a room full of like um, like. Um, I don't even know what you want to call them, synths, MIDI controllers, loads of different things. And then after a while, you won't have learned them all inside out. You'll have only just scratched the surface. So just try and start with your door. Once you once you grasp it all in there, then start to expand. But it's so easy to think that you you need something else. Like, I've, I, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of high-end equipment here and it's it's rare that I use a lot of it just because of the time and um, unless it's something that, you know, I, I would use at the end of a track or I would use, you know, um, I would, but in the, inside the computer, I would do a lot of stuff and it's, it just, it just varies. But I've seen a lot of young producers always chase that, that they need the next plugin. So... What's uh, some advice? What's one piece of studio gear that you cannot live without? Um, it just depends. It's like it's like having a favorite child. <laughs> I shouldn't really. I shouldn't have a favorite child. Well, I don't have any children, but uh, it's, a good, I, it's a good analogy. It, I like it would have to be the. It would have to be the the Mug Voyager, just because um, I always say in interviews, this is the only. I want this. Uh, if I die, this is going in my coffin. So <laughs> everything else can be sold apart from that. So um, no, that. But it's not. An, it's not a necessity. I don't need it. Do you know what I mean? I've. I, I barely use it. But it's just something that. It's simple. It's it's classic. It's vintage. You know, I've got I've got like a, a, a nine oh nine drum machine and eight oh eight the the originals and stuff, and I don't even use them. You know, I've I've sampled them in, and now I just use the samples in the computer. It's, you know, it's um, so that. But for me, for me, if you were starting out, I would say the most important thing you can have is a good computer because if your if your Mac or your PC is really good, then that you won't you know you won't get frustrated. You you know you'll be able to run a lot of um all the software and you won't get you know that that for me is the most important part i had i recently i've only just upgraded um, my mac and i had another one for 10 years and i was like adamant on keeping it and holding on to it i was like i've had it 10 years it's a it's a beast this i'm gonna you know i've wrote so many good tracks on it and then as soon as i got a new one i was like why didn't i do this sooner <laughs> I was like, this is this has been slowing me down, and I didn't realize it's quite easy to think, oh, I'm gonna go and buy, you know, I'm gonna buy a new synthesizer instead of buying a computer. And I've done it for many years, but really, it's it's all about that is, you know, that's your main workhorse. If you, especially if you just use it making electronic music in a computer and not doing it all hardware. So awesome, awesome. Um, have you gotten your hands on the new Pioneer uh, mixer? The V10? No, I've not actually. I've not had um, I've not used the V10. I know a couple of friends that have got it, and a, a couple of friends have been giving it through Pioneer, and they they seem to rave about it. Um, it looks really good that there has like compression on the channels and different things. And but I've I've been using the Denon setup recently. That those guys hooked me up, and you know they they did they've done really well to sort of compete with Pioneer. I must say, shout out uh, Denon. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they have, and. Uh, you know, it's like, I, yeah, but no, the the new Pioneer mixer, it looks amazing. One thing I would say um, to a lot of 
people that are DJing there, especially starting out, and even people like a certain level, is you're always going to get, it doesn't matter how, at what level you're at, you're always going to get go to one club um, every now and again and they, they won't have the setup that you have. So like I get to clubs sometimes and they'll have Pioneer 2000s and there won't be Nexus 2s or they'll, they'll only have, they'll have what, a 950 or something because one of the 2000s is broke and everything else. And by that, you know, at that point, sometimes you have to use your experience and think, do you know what? I know how to use this because I've I've not been like, I only use the 2000 Nexuses. Oh, I've got, you know, I only use this. Um, you know, as a promoter, they should provide it. But sometimes it, it, these things happen, you know, on on the day beer gets spilt on it and they've you've got to put an old mixer in, an 800 or, uh, you know, I run events, so I get it from both sides and it's, you know, it, it can be um, difficult and challenging when especially some DJs want four, you know, four CDJ 2000 Nexus 2. And, and, they're, not, like, and they're not even using three. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. As you know, Brad, because you're... Fr- for for events but yeah that's so what i would say is you know you know everyone thinks that you need to have the best equipment and in my you know in my studio i've got the most you know i've got a a full setup of the pioneer dj setup and everything else and if i learn these i'm going to get really good and get gigs and it doesn't work like that man it's it's like where you'll learn is by getting you know old old gear that's not that good and and if you've got if you get uh, some decks, you learn vinyl, you know, you learn different other things and then go on to learning, you know, the, um, you know, even the controllers are great as well at the moment. Some of those are just oh, amazing. The, then The new yeah. ones are amazing. The new four channel one that Pioneer released, the, the, the platters are the same size as the CDJ 2000s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I definitely agree. A lot, a lot of DJs are intimidated uh, when they get to a club or a venue or whatever the party is. And, you know, and this has happened to me personally, like you said, I run events and I've had DJs show up and I had an Allen and Heath mixer because exactly what you said, then the 900 wouldn't start. It wouldn't turn on. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, yeah. when you're running events, you don't always have the luxury of, of having a, a second mixer on hand and, and you do what you can. And the DJ shows up and goes, I don't know how to use this mixer. And, you know, and it's and part of your craft is as a DJ is you need to know how to use mixers. Right. And, yeah, and you need yeah. to know how to use players because, you know, you know, though the 2000s, for example, are, are an industry standard. It's exactly like you said, you can go to a, to a venue and, you know, their their players broke or whatever it may be. And they only have CDJ 900s. Are you not going to play at all? Or are you still going to, you know, give your fans a show, for example? So a DJs definitely yeah. need to learn your mixers. Don't be shy. Um, yeah, especially yeah. now. No, that's it. I think a lot of equipment, uh, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, we'll start to go for sale, you know, especially with the times people are going to need some yeah. cash. Um, so look at the the older gear. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I believe that DJM 850 is still a great mixer. Um, you know, it has a lot of, you know, the basic effects that you that have evolved onto the, the 900 Nexus 2. But, you know, all the core principles are, are definitely there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, um, I played in Poland once and we got there. Um, me and my friend because I used to be in a duo called the squatters and uh, we got there and um, they said oh where's your controller because like this is when controllers first started coming out and we were like we've got CDs and we had CD wallets we're like these real heavy CD wallets and we're like oh we're like we don't have CD players and now it was like oh so the, the, they looked under the DJ stand and there were some reloop ones. And this was like when there was DJ, um, the CDJ 1000s were around the Mark 2s. And so we were used those. to those. And they brought these, yeah, these reloop ones out. And like one of them, the disc wouldn't come out unless you tipped it on its side. And then the other one just kept jumping every time, every time we played. So 
what we had to do was those one of the promoter's friends was holding the CD player the whole set I kid you not they held it while we were DJing on it and then every time we had to take the disc out they had to tip it on its side and go like that and it was it was like it's moments like that that really make you sort of like right how do we get through this and how do we make it into you know because like at the end of the day the crowd don't see what's going on in your head you you know yeah you they don't say, they don't see behind I the booth. pioneer I think yeah. some of the newer DJs right now are just like what do you mean you have to tell the player for the CD to come out <laughs> well, yes we were not always on USB sticks um, yeah the CDJs used to take SD cards well I think they still do the yeah. Nexus two still still take it. I, I recommend yeah. DJs don't do that. I've seen so many DJs, their SD cards get stuck and, oh, then, no. yeah. and then the next DJ can't plug in. So stick. Oh. Yeah. Another, another thing is I always always take like a few USB sticks. Um, you know, I, I take, yeah, I take USB sticks with me. Uh, backups, backups. Um, yeah, just yeah. take a few and put them on like lanyards or something. I'll put them, you know, like I always, um, I always make sure that um, I, I like have, yeah, I always, but the only problem is I've had it before where someone pulled the, the lanyard by accident and it snapped the, uh, the, the, key. the thing in the player. But, but um, yeah, just just to make sure that you know, I always also what I do is I have my my earplug wallet in my pocket, and in that earplug wallet I always have two USBs, and they're the ones I'm going to use for the night. And I just make sure at the end of every set, and when I leave, I've got leave the club, I've got that. So. I don't know whether that's helpful. That's probably novice novice info, but you know, everyone everyone does that. I'm I'm, I'm sure there's listeners that are that are definitely going to appreciate that. Um, while we're sticking to equipment, um, again, everyone knows the, the the pioneer, the CDJs, and the 900 is just autonomous with you know festivals and clubs. Um, are there any mixers or players that you mentioned, like the Dennis, for example, that you want to shout out or did you really enjoy playing on? Um, the Denons, uh, real forward thinking, man. They, you know, they did really well with the, uh, you know, even like their new, um, their new controller, you can put like a massive hard drive underneath it. You just screw it underneath and, and like the way that they had the, they already had modems in, in all the gear. So they had, you know, they had the, the connections for the networks and it was all built in, but they didn't, uh, it was just a software update. So what they did was they they just updated the software and bam it was all ready for uh, like streaming using like tidal and stuff so um but yeah i don't know it's 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 like it, there's always so much as well man it's like there's always so much so you know so many new effects coming out on these mixes and so many different things and you can just overdo it you know it's remember you know you can if i any advice i'd give to anyone is like learn your craft as a producer and dj don't just you know don't just expect your djing skills to get you to the end because unless you're a dmc champion or something it's <laughs> it's very you know this everyone's a dj out there now you know so you always you know if if you the moment everything started dropping in place for me and i started getting on planes to play my music to people was uh, the moment i started making music so believing in your sound is, is really important when you're taking that oh, next yeah. step as a producer yeah yeah i think um one one tip I always give to new producers is I would say um, don't give a shit what anyone else thinks, you know. And then it's my it's, it, the suit the the moment I didn't like care about what people thought, everything fell in place. Hmm. Because before I was like, oh, I want to I want to sound like them. I want to be on this label. I'm gonna you know I want I want this. I want that. And it's it don't work like that. It, it's like you because what you're doing is you're just trying to 
fit in a, someone else's mold, whereas you, you're better making your own mold. You know, get inspiration from people, you know, get, you know, but don't, you know, don't think, oh, I'm making this track to please that person. Because usually if, you, if you're if you making a track for a certain label to please them, you're normally like six months behind the sound anyway. <laughs> So you're better off making something that's a bit more groundbreaking and experimental or uh, a little bit different because they'll be looking for something that's different, not sounding like what they've been putting out for the last year. While while we're on that subject, man, maybe you can give uh, the producers out there uh, maybe what Prime Society uh, kind of looks for when, when you guys are receiving your demo submissions. Yeah, we haven't actually launched the label yet because of... Um, oh, I'm, I'm releasing insider information. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode of You're With The DJ. This is the second part of our three-part interview with GOP. On our next episode, we will be talking a little bit about Prime Society and more with GOP, Brad, and Nikki. Thanks for taking time out of your day to share in the love of music. Until next time.